passage for today is going to be from the book of James, chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Now, I've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians. I've been going through a series on 1 Corinthians. Uh, we were up to about chapter 7 or so. But I am taking a, a small detour because it's the first Sunday of the new year. There's a reason for that. And next week, I'll be continuing again in our series on 1 Corinthians. But today, we're going to be looking at James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. I'm going to read this first. It says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. This is God's word. You know, today is January 1st. Again, Happy New Year. The new year is a time when many people make plans. We make new plans in a new year, right? Maybe a lot of you have made plans already. Uh, last night, Christine and I and our family, we were watching the uh, Times Square ball drop. Uh, at 9 p.m. because we are New Yorkers, uh, originally New Yorkers, and the Times Square ball drop is still when New Year's takes place. It takes place at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We were there, we're watching the ball drop, and we're looking at the crowds. There are all these people there wearing these ridiculous hats that say Planet Fitness on them. They're like top hats, right? Hundreds of people with these Planet Fitness top hats on. I guarantee you they did not have to pay to buy those hats. They were given out free because Planet Fitness wants all this free advertising because they know what's up on the first of a new year. That is a time when people make plans, plans to get fit, plans that include buying a gym membership and then using it three times and regretting that financial commitment for the rest of the year. They know it's a time where people make plans, plans to get physically fit. We make plans too about many other things, maybe about finances. Some of you may be real planners when it comes to money. Maybe you have a plan, I'm gonna save X percent per year. And if I average an X percent return year after year, then I can retire by the year 2060 or 2040 or whatever. That sounds really far away, right? Whatever it is, maybe you've got a plan for that. If you're a part of the FIRE crowd, financial independence, retire early, you know who you are, you've really got a plan, right? You guys are, are planners, the planners of the planners. Maybe you got a lot of plans with your career. Maybe there's some of you out there saying, you know, I'm gonna keep working at my current job for another year or two. Then the plan is to go to grad school, open up some more opportunities, then possibly move to Seattle or Austin or New York, and then continue on with my career. And you've got it all laid out. You've got the plan for the next five, 10 years of your life. Maybe you have some hashtag relationship goals for the year, for the next few years. Maybe your plan is in 2023, this is the year I find that special person in my life. 
and then in two or three years, we're going to get married, then we're going to buy a house, then we're going to start having some kids. You've got plans. Maybe even if you're a lazy person and you don't plan, maybe even for you this year, 2023, your plan this year is to make a plan. That's your plan. Your plan this year is to make a plan. Even the lazy people amongst us, maybe you have a plan. We, we all, many of us like planning. Maybe you um, really agree with Benjamin Franklin, supposedly, he, he said that old adage, if you fail to plan, what's next? You plan to fail. That's right, those are the planners right there, JPAC and wherever, those are the planners there. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Some of us live by that. Maybe you know some people who never plan or they plan badly and you look at them, you go, man, their lives are a mess. That's why I plan. Planning is so important. So with that being said, why does it seem like James has such a problem with planning? I mean, listen, listen to what he says here. When he says, come now, you who say, and you, you can almost imagine the tone in his voice, right? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend the year there and trade and make a profit. You could hear it in the tone of his voice that James is really not for this type of planning. He doesn't approve of this. Why? Is he against planning in general? No. Is it bad to plan? No, planning is good. The problem is, the thing that James has a problem with is when he says in verse 14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. James's problem is not with planning per se, but it's, it's with the reality what he wants to point out as a reality is that we have no control over our future, let alone even tomorrow. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. What James is saying is sometimes we, we go into this planning mode and we have the next five, 10 years planned out and, and we think we can just schedule things out and make things work out the way that we want them to. But he says, you don't even know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Not even tomorrow, let alone five or 10 years from now. I mean, we see this all the time, don't we? How many billions of people's plans got thrown out the window because of COVID-19 the past few years? How many billions of plans do you think there were that got derailed or put on hold because of COVID-19? People had plans. Those plans got derailed. Or think about the, a year ago, the, the tens of millions of people in Ukraine who were just, you know, maybe sitting in a cafe in Kyiv, working, planning out their future, and then the next day, their lives were completely thrown into disarray. Plans were destroyed. Plans are still destroyed. Families got separated. People lost loved ones, and it's still ongoing with no end in sight. Those people sitting in that cafe had no idea. They were planning, but they didn't know what would happen 
tomorrow, what the next day would bring. Even here in Silicon Valley, I mean, just a couple of months ago, I know that there was a lot of anxiety and tension in the Valley for those who work in tech because of the layoffs that were happening and sweeping through different companies here. Even though many of you had jobs in like the most promising area, the high tech, the, the future, the highest paying jobs, where you want to be, what everybody wants to do. When I was in college, I majored in finance because we wanted, finance was the place to be. Now who wants to be in finance, right? It's like tech. You're in the right place. You're set up well for the future for your plan. And then all of a sudden, that seemed shaky. And it still could be shaky. We never know what tomorrow can bring. James says, you don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea. And he, he goes on, he says, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You know, like the, that morning, morning fog or that mist over like a grassy field. And as soon as the sun comes out, it burns up and it's gone. It disappears. You're like a little puff of smoke and the wind blows and suddenly it scatters and it's gone. James says, what is your life? And James is He's not trying to insult us. What he's trying to do is he's trying to ground us in reality. He's trying to pull us down from this lofty view of ourselves that we often have, that we, that we think we can accomplish so much and do so many things. We have our whole lives ahead of us. The theologian Douglas Moo, he said, Human life is insubstantial and transitory. Here one minute and gone the next, like a mist that vanishes. James is trying to ground us. We often exaggerate our own importance, our own permanence, especially when we're young, right? We think, I'll never die. We never think about death when we're young. We have our whole life ahead of us. But when you get a little bit older and you reach the, the back nine of your life, like I've reached now, unless I live to be 100, I'm on the back nine now. The older you get, the more you realize how true what James says is. Life is so fleeting. It goes by so fast. I'm here one day and I'm gone the next. I'm like a mist. I'm a mist and I'll vanish. And will people really care that I'm gone? My kids will. Audrey and Noah, you guys will, right? You're going to cry. You're going to, yeah, thank you, Noah. Yeah, thank you. You're, they're going to cry that I'm gone. Maybe my grandkids will. But will my great-great-grandkids or my great-great-grandkids? I mean, how many of you in this room, how many of us here even know our great-great-great-grandparents' names? Probably none of us. I mean, I, I thought about it before, doing Ancestry.com just to find out who they were. But I was like, man, I'm from China. Ancestry.com doesn't have that kind of data. I pay $99 to tell me my ancestors are from China. No, thank you. I don't know who they are. They, they, they were there. Their lives were probably really important to them in that moment, but then they were gone. And I don't even know who their names 
what their names were. Most of us probably don't. That will be us one day. Maybe this is why people try to immortalize themselves and make a great name for themselves. Maybe like you want to be like the Elon Musk or the Jeff Bezos of today. Or to be, if you could be a president like Obama or Roosevelt or Washington, you can immortalize yourself. Or maybe like one of the great Caesars or kings or conquerors of the past. But you know what? For all that they were able to do, were their lives really more than anything, anything more than a mist that appeared for a little while and then vanished. Every human being, the Bible says, was born from the dust and will return to the dust. Our life is a mist. It is a vapor. We cannot control tomorrow, let alone 10 years from now. We have no power to do so no matter how well laid your plans may be. This is why James says this, verse 15, this is the perspective that you should have. He tells us instead, you ought to say this. What should we say? You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. What is James saying? There are two things here. First, is if the Lord wills, we will live. James gets real basic here. He's saying, if it were not, if it's not for the will of God, you could not even live. You're not guaranteed 85 years on this earth. We're not even guaranteed tomorrow. In fact, the very next breath that I need to take, I can only take it if it is the will of God. If, by the will of God, if the Lord wills, we will live. Let alone plan, we will be able to live. This requires a real humility to embrace and believe because day by day, we often don't think this way. We think that we'll have tomorrow. We think that we'll have five years from now we think we'll have until 80 or 90 years old. We just assume that it is guaranteed to us. No, if the Lord wills, we will live. If the Lord wills, James says, we will do this or that. Brothers and sisters, no matter how well thought out your plans are, no matter how well prepared in advance, no matter how well-funded it is, it is not guaranteed. Your ability to move somewhere else, to find another job, to get married, to have kids, to have good health, to be even in your right mind, all of it is only possible if it is the will of God. And if it is not the will of God, it is not possible. This is a truth that requires humility for us to be able to embrace. You know, it requires humility, and humility is so important because when we don't have this humility, in verse 16, James says, as it is, you boast 
in your arrogance. Brothers and sisters, when we don't think this way, when we just go on autopilot assuming that we can plan out our lives and we'll be able to accomplish what we want to, that is boasting. That is arrogance. That's an assumption that we're making that we should not be making. Brothers and sisters, is it possible that we could be living arrogantly and not even realize it? And not even realize it when we make our plans and we assume our future. And, and I think, brothers and sisters, honestly, I think this is an epidemic in the church in America. I think it is an epidemic, this boasting. We have a, a lot of things around us, a situation that would lend us to boasting in this way. We can make plans because we live in a really stable nation, all things given, all things taken into consideration. I mean, we didn't grow up during the Civil War. Most of us weren't alive during World War II. That didn't even happen on our shores. For most of us here, if you, were, if you grew up in America, we grew up being citizens of the, the most powerful nation in the world. We weren't living somewhere in the world where we were scared that we could be invaded or attacked and we don't know what could happen to us the next day. We weren't living in, in Ukraine. We're living in America. Most of us grew up with this stability around us that said to us, hey, you can make plans and drink, go on and dream and you can accomplish it. And we believe that because we think because of our country and our power that we can accomplish our plans. Maybe, just from a, I mean, from a purely secular point of view, many of you have the means to make plans and to carry them out. You've, you've got funds that you can move around. You've got education or job experience that can help you to, to find another job or, or advance in your career. You know how to use the internet to research and to plan. You can do all of these things. There's so many things around us that would make us think that we can plan and take control of our lives. And that can be a dangerous thing. Brothers and sisters, we are set up. The privileges and the benefits that we have, we are set up to fall into this temptation of boasting in arrogant living. It's not about just saying, if the Lord wills. Anybody can just say that and not mean it. Well, I'm gonna work for another couple of years, then go to grad school, then move to Seattle, and then settle down, and oh, yeah, 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 if the Lord wills, of course, if the Lord wills. If he's got other plans for me, I know things will change. We could, we could easily just say that, but it's not just about saying that. James is, James is saying we need to mean that deeply with every fiber of our being, that if the Lord wills, we will live and do anything at all. James says all such boasting is evil. Living this way where we assume that we can carry out our plans is boasting and arrogance. And James even says it is evil. It is living with ourselves as our own God and assuming that our own strength and our own resources 
can carry things out the way we want them to be carried out. In verse 17, James here concludes by saying, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Now this is a difficult verse. Uh, some, a lot of theologians have pointed out that this is really awkwardly placed here. It seems awkward. James, what does this have to do with anything? So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him it is sin, what's the right thing to do that you're talking about here? Some people have thought that this is not really connected to verses 13 through 16, but I believe that it is. And many theologians believe that it is as well because that word so in verse 17 is, is a connecting word. It means so, it means therefore. So if this is the case, if planning in this way, assuming that we can control our future, if that is boasting and that is evil, therefore we need to do the right thing. And if we fail to do it, it's sin. What's the right thing to do? You know, I think... For most of us, when we think about doing evil and being evil, we think about sins where we hurt somebody. Maybe you lie to somebody. Maybe you say something unkind to someone. Maybe you, you sin against God in, in a very obvious, blatant way for you. We're used to thinking about sin in that way. Sins of commission, they call them. But here James is talking about a sin of omission when we don't do the right thing, when we don't do what we should do, that is also sin. So what is the right thing to do, brothers and sisters? For James, the right thing to do is to plan your life with a deep and genuine humility before God. That is how we should live as Christians. What that means is all of our plans, we bring them before God, we bathe them, soak them in prayer. We ask God for his leading for our lives, for our careers, for our families, for our children, for our finances. For the next day, we ask God to lead us. As the proverb says, many are the plans of the man's heart, but it is God who guides his steps. James is saying that we need to have a deep sense of humility. That is the right thing to do as we plan before God. So with that in mind, brothers and sisters, um, I want to begin this year by calling us as a church to pray and fast to seek God's will. We need to seek God's will. We need to do what James says and to be a people, to be a church that is not just saying if it is the Lord's will, but is seeking it with all of our heart. So we're gonna pray and fast to begin this year on January 9th to the 13th. And we're gonna pray and fast for God's leading for us in our church, in our country, so that it's not just saying if it is the Lord's will, but we seek God genuinely in prayer and in fasting. Why do we fast? 
Fasting is a way for us to say, God, fasting is, biblically speaking, one of the most effective and powerful ways to humble ourselves. When people wanted to humble themselves before God in the Bible, they fasted. And when we fast, what we're doing is we're saying, God, we need you this desperately. We need your leading and to know your will this desperately that we will even go without food. We will go without the pleasures of God, pleasures of this world, because we desire and need you more than the pleasures of this world. That's how much we need you. So we're gonna, we're gonna say if it is the Lord's will, but we're gonna back it up through our sacrifice, our prayer, and our fasting. So we're gonna fast from media, for those five days, from entertainment and YouTube surfing and TikToking and all that kind of stuff, whatever it is you do, and we're gonna spend more time in prayer and in the word of God, and we're gonna do a graduated fast from food, starting on Monday by going vegetarian, and then Tuesday, soup, salad, and juice, still being vegetarian, no steak salads, no steak smoothies, that's gross, but no steak smoothies. And then salad and juice, smoothies and juice, and then water and juice on, on Friday. We're gonna do a graduated fast, and we're gonna pray for God's leading and his will to be done for a different topic each day. First, for our country and our government, as Peter says, to pray for the leaders and those in authority. Then Tuesday, we're gonna pray for the AMI leadership team, me and the other pastors, Keith, Young, Danny, and Barry in the AMI churches. AMI is the family of churches that we're a part of, if you're here for the first time today. Wednesday, we're gonna pray for God to, re to lead renewal, our church, and to lead our provisional elder board, me and Pastor Mark and Dr. Ryan, because God knows pastors can easily plan more than they can pray, myself included. We need God's leading as we lead this church. On Thursday, we're gonna fast for each of us individually and personally to be able to bring those plans that you have and to really submit them before God and to ask God, God, is this from you? Or is this my own planning apart from you? I humble myself before you, Lord, and I really, I want 2023 to be a year where I'm walking with you and in your will, I want to follow you. That is a great prayer and that is a great fast to submit our plans to the Lord so that they may succeed. And if they're not the plans of God, that he will guide us and let us know. And then on Friday, we're gonna be fasting for spiritual warfare and just praying for God's protection over our church and from all the schemes of the enemy. We're gonna start off this year letting God know, Lord, we humble ourselves. We desperately need to know your will for our church, our families, and ourselves. If fasting, if that sounds really intense for you, we encourage you to still join us. We're gonna have an alternative, there's an alternative way to fast. Fast from media, but also maybe do a partial food fast. Maybe from junk food or sweets or whatever would be a sacrifice for you. You could still participate with us. You could do a modified fast. If you have health uh, issues that prevent you from fasting, or maybe if you're a nursing mom, you know, uh, we encourage you to fast from media as well and, and perhaps go vegetarian or pescatarian if um, that is okay for you health-wise. We encourage you to join us in this fast. And then each day, Monday through Friday, we're gonna spend more time in prayer. Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we're gonna pray over Zoom. 
from 8.30 to 9 each evening for those topics. Tuesday, we're going to pray at our usual prayer meeting as we continue on January 10th. And then on Friday night, we're going to get together to pray for half an hour and then break our fast together so that some of you, you're like, whew, we're not, we don't have, to, don't have to fast the entire day, so we're going to break it with dinner together. And actually, the location is confirmed. We're going to be at our good friend's uh, Home of Christ church again. We're going to gather together that evening to pray as we end our fast and then break it with a meal together. So we hope that you can join us for that. We want to start this year really seeking the face of God. Brothers and sisters, you know, I don't know how you take what James says. Maybe it seems difficult or hard words for you to hear. But you know, it is wonderful news. It is wonderful news that God is completely in control of every single day that you have, the span of your life, and also every single thing that you do. That is wonderful news. Because what it means is that nothing can take your life from you until God says that it is time. Not war, not disease, not the devil, not a single hair can fall from your head apart from the will of God. This is wonderful news. You are indestructible until the will of God says that it is time for you to go home. We can have incredible confidence in the will of God in knowing that our sovereign God who loves us is in control. It's also wonderful news because it means that you can accomplish everything that you put your hand to do if it is the will of God. Everything. Whatever the will of God is for your life, if you seek to do that, nothing can stop you from accomplishing that with your life. Nothing. Nothing in this world can. And even though it is true that your life is a mist, our lives are like vapor. Here one moment, gone the next. They can be a flash of brilliance. A life lived for the purposes of God, accomplishing the will of God for the glory of God, and we can live a life that matters for eternity. It can be short, it will be gone. I don't plan to be remembered by my great, 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 great grandkids. I don't think it's gonna be happening. But the life that I live can make a difference for eternity before God, if I live for the will of God. And that is true for every single one of us. Brothers and sisters, let us live a life that counts. God has invited us as his children to be able to walk in his will. Would you consider fasting and praying together with me as a church to begin this year to really say to the Lord, Lord, if it is your will, we will live and do this or that. And we are desperately humbling ourselves, wanting to know your will for our lives and our church. Let's pray together. Um, shall we? Can we stand? I'm going to invite the worship team up at this time as we respond. Father, we come before you as Renewal Church. We come before you too in behalf of our friends here from Echo um, and, and those 
believers who may be visiting us this day. God, we come and we seek your face and we desire that this year would be one where we know your will. That we may be able to pray like Jesus, not my will, but thy will be done. God, Lord, we come and we pray forgiveness, Lord, if we have been boasting in our arrogance, if we have been making plans, if we have been assuming a future will just happen and that, you know, maybe things won't go exactly according to our plan, but that we'll be able to adjust and we'll be able to live the lives that we want to. Lord, forgive us if we have just been proceeding in that way, almost on some type of autopilot, without a deep sense of fear and trembling before you, recognizing that you are the one who holds the universe together by your word. And that if you stop doing so, the very next moment, life as we know it would cease to exist. You hold all things together by the word of your power. Forgive us, God, if we have been walking in, in arrogance and in boasting, God. Forgive us, Lord, if we have been living with that evil perspective, God. Would you remind us, Lord, that you are sovereign. You are mighty God. We cast ourselves upon you, God, in greater dependence this January 1st of 2023, Lord God. And we say, if it is your will, we will live and we will do this or that. And only if it is your will. God, may your kingdom come. May your will be done in our lives. Not our will, but your will. Brothers and sisters, let's take a moment together right now. Can we come before the Lord and can we bring our hearts before God? I don't know about you, but it... It is a challenge for me to really get into this mindset. It is a challenge. I feel like a capable person. I feel like I can plan. I feel like I have resources to do so. It takes a moment to invite the Spirit in, to humble ourselves, and to say, that's not true. That's not reality. Lord, you are God. I am not. I humble myself before you. Would you take a moment right now and submit before the Lord, maybe... You have to lay down your career or your finances, maybe your 10-year plan, maybe your relationship goals, maybe your future, whatever it is. Can we take a few minutes together right now and pray at this first day of the new year to say, God, it is all yours. Lord, and I want your will, not my will to be done. Let's come and let's, let's take a moment to pray together right now. Let's bring our hearts before God. Let's pray.